Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Eating Salads. It's me again, Austin Crosby. We uh, just had a little teeny, teeny salad. Um, actually, the main, the main course of the meal, uh, we went grocery shopping. Dude, it's the season now where Girl Scouts are outside the grocery store. And uh, as Casey said, after we walked past them, they probably have card readers by now, but you assume they don't, and you do that whole like, oh, sorry, oh, maybe later, you know what I mean? And then we walk in and we're like, well, they probably have card readers, but we're already past them, and we do all of our stuff, Casey gets cash back, and then we go outside and they've packed up and left for the night. We were just like, oh, okay, you know? But then we're getting into the car, we're going, getting to the car in the dark, right? And, uh, you see a lady loading a folding table into, I wonder if Casey just found a spider. She's acting like she's hunting a spider. A oh, a moth or something. Um, lady with a folding chair getting into the car and we're just like, Casey caught it and goes, oh, that's her. Should I go ask her? And I was like, yeah. And then she, and she goes, no, no, no. And I go, oh, do you want me to? And she's like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, okay, well, here, take the bag. And I'm like, and then I'm like, well, I mean, you could come with me too. And she's like, no, no, let's just leave her alone. And we got cold feet and left her alone. But the point in all of that is um, sometimes the best things just slip right through your fingers. You know? <laughs> no. Actually, we went right next door to McDonald's, which we've been meaning to hit up for their shamrock shake, which is a true treat. True treat. Um, yeah, and Casey was reminding me of a play that where we spent her 21st birthday, the top sale bar in Savannah. And, uh, I was like, wow, I don't remember that. And she was just like, what, you know? And we were talking about how, you know, I don't remember, I don't remember anything and how, uh, I'm just the kind of person who I would just, I would brush all that right under the rug that I don't remember anything. If no one from my past talked to me, no one would ever know that I didn't remember a thing. But unfortunately, my mom is always like, oh, do you remember so-and-so? Oh, remember I told you so-and-so? And Casey would be like, oh, remember when we uh, did that and this happened? I'm like, never. I don't, do not recall. But it's kind of sad. It is what it is. Um, what else? Main lessons of the day. Still haven't got any Tesla call options. That's okay. Wait it out. <laughs> um, did a little bit of filming. Oh, I made a focaccia today. Yeah, that was cool. Um, covered it in tomatoes and garlic. And it was kind of like a pizza. It was like a, a deconstructed inverted deep dish pizza. If you can imagine that. But I was happy how it turned out. I saw a Sam Hyde video today. Oh, I do know what I want to talk about. But um, I saw a Sam Hyde video today where he destroyed $5,000 worth of Funko Pops and other childish memorabilia. And that was kind of a funny video. I've always railed on Funko Pops, so I'm glad that... <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to just be a hater, but I'm kind of glad that 
it's becoming mainstream to rip on Funko Pops because they really snuck under the radar for a few years as just like a silly thing, a weird consumerist thing. But, uh, okay. What I really want to talk about is last night, man, we started and we watched this movie Infinity Pool. Is Casey, are you mad or you, do you want to not, me not talk about it? No, I just you just forgot? It. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry to, for, to, there's David Cronenberg and then this is Brandon Cronenberg. So really grinds my, I just scared Casey by doing that. No, this is an inflection I'm trying to do. It really grinds my gears (laughs) when I used to be able to say a Cronenberg movie and now you can't because there's two. But the first Cronenberg, no, okay. The first Brandon Cronenberg movie that we saw was Possessor with Kit Harington. And uh, that was a weird movie, but it was good. It was good enough. You know, it was good enough for an indie film. It, it fits somewhere for me in the uh, production quality realm of like, and these are going to be some deep cuts. Um, that movie Moon with Sam Rockwell, but also Primer, where they make that thing in their garage. It's like that kind of movie. Kind of sci-fi-ish, but low-key sci-fi. And uh, anyway, this new movie, Infinity Pool, stars two people who are quickly scaring me away from movies attached to their name, if I'm going to be honest with you. Alexander Skarsgar, who I'm otherwise a fan of, but who has just like been pulling big L's, and he's like old enough now. He should be starting to cast in like grandfather movies, but he's not, which is kind of bugs me. I mean, like it's cool that people can age into their fifties, like Tom Cruise or whatever, but it's just like stop casting him as the romantic interest of like kids younger than me, because the dude's been playing adults much older than me since I was like in middle school. And that feels weird. Um, and I don't know. I thought Northman wasn't as good as it should have been. Um, and that his performance in it, in hindsight, was kind of not good. I mean, it, was, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Anyway, and then Mia Goth, who... Uh, her and that other girl are quite contentious names in this house. That girl from the menu. Anya Taylor-Joy. Because some people think that they're beautiful. And that's fine. Like, if body positivity is going to spin in any way, it should be a way that says, yeah, okay, Anya Taylor-Joy and Mia Goth now get to be beautiful. Um, I'm up for that level of body positivity. But, I don't know. I can't get over that she doesn't have eyebrows. That to me is like uncanny. It's uncanny. I'm looking at Casey now. You don't have much eyebrow, but you have enough eyebrow. <laughs> you have some eyebrow that I'm like, yeah, you're making human expressions with your face when you, when you look at me and talk and stuff. Anyway, I just can't get over the no eyebrow trend. It's the, I'm not here for it at all. Um, and otherwise, Mia Goth is fine. 
But then there's this movie. And I don't want to spoil it. I mean, I don't think people care. I didn't have it spoiled for me. I didn't know what it was going to be about. Um, but I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a spoiler alert. So if if you're if you're not if you're not into spoilers for this movie, which I'm gonna say is is one of the most disappointing movies I've seen in a long time, and I wasn't even looking forward to it. If that's it, but if you don't want it spoiled, you tune out. See you later. Spoilers. Here we go. You, I th- I got the impression that it was just like a swingers trying to like get you to be a cannibal kind of vibe, and it is that kind of vibe uh, at its core. But the world building of Brandon Cronenberg is his most uh, honed skill. And he does this thing where it's like it's our world. You you mean you pretty much be like yeah that's our world, and then you're like oh it's not. Huh, what? Oh, now I'm interested. What is this new world? Like, subtly. And it's through, like, technology, you know? It's through, like, culture and architecture in strange ways. So, they're they're not newlyweds. There have been... That's maybe the biggest problem. Alexander Skarsgård is there with his wife of, like, 10 years. And she supports him. She's, like, a super... Her father's wealthy, which, by the way, I think would disregard the, like, resentment of supporting someone, right? If you were from, like, a super wealthy family. They they play it off like she's, like, she's, like, a high-fluent lawyer or something. Or, like, the head of a surgical department at a hospital or something. But she's not, either. Um, and he's a writer. And they, they're on this vacation and he's not having a bad time and you're kind of confused about their whole relationship, I guess. And then Mia Goth and this dude who really was the shining star of the movie had this bizarro accent. At one point they're like, are you French? And he's like, no, I'm from uh, Switzerland actually. (laughs) You know, you're just like, what? And he had this like giant jaw and like very presenting like horse face almost. Um, but was a smiley, seductive guy. I think his performance, as far as all of the performances go, um, and we'll get into another great performance by the police investigator, I think they were they stood out. Um, they meet them, and they're like, oh, tomorrow, let's sneak off the resort, and let's go to this beach. Our friend is going to loan us his car. And this movie stars a lot of like big old boats, like Cadillacs from the 60s and stuff like that. Um, so they get in this car, they go to the beach. Mia Goth like sneaks up behind. Oh, and the, I should have said, they, she pretends to be a big fan of his work. And he's like, oh my God, you are really a fan? And she like manipulates him. And uh, she like, there's a very weird scene where she jerks him off on the beach and it like shows piles or, or not piles, but like distinct splashes of cum splashing on the pebbles of the beach. Um, and this is a very indulgent movie with like soft focus on like the minutia of all of the settings, right? So you're talking like long shots focused on like the pebbles with come on them or um, the pee dripping on the pebbles and like all these, uh, the, the branches and all this stuff. Uh, so it's indulgent. Well, they get 
and you never know another part of this movie is you never can gauge the lucidity of the characters um i mean at a couple points you're like okay obviously they're hallucinating right now um it's hitting you over the head with how hard they're hallucinating this is obnoxious right but other times you're like wait are they drunk are they are they sober like i've not seen them drinking um but it would be implied by them at a picnic on the beach but are all of them too drunk to drive are they just tired Anyway, nighttime comes, and Alexander Skarsgård's character opts to drive the car home to the resort. And, of course, he bodies a guy with his hood ornament and just, like, totally flattens him. And that's one of the interesting things about the David Cronenberg, Brandon Cronenberg thing, is Brandon Cronenberg also uses, like, extensive physical effects and body horror. So there's, you know, no fewer than four times in this movie where you're watching, like, skulls getting ripped apart and like faces getting punched in and in like graphic um held body horror but not anywhere near the level of uh, david cronenberg it's not it's not like there's a monster living inside of you that wants out or you turning into a monster who's got to pick at all of its warty flesh or anything like that it is literally just like people bashing in heads anyway his new friends say, oh my God, Just let's just go back to the resort. We're going to sneak home to the resort. We'll deal with this tomorrow. This is the highlight of the movie. And this is like 15, 20 minutes in. Um, the whole time you're thinking like, where is this country? Is it, are they in South America? Are they in Asia? Where is this? Is it like um, Moldova or something weird? Like, where is this? Monte Cristo? And then you see like weird script and I'm like, okay, it's like Thailand. Um, I mean, you're literally playing like GeoGuessr for the first 20 minutes of this movie. And then the police come to his door and you're like, okay, you're European? You're, you're, you're European? But um, basically this nervous Midnight Express, it takes this turn where you're like, oh my God, this guy's going to get like put in prison in a foreign country. Is that what this whole movie is? Because, like, I'm here for it. I was actually really excited at that point. It started getting tense, uh, and you really didn't know where it was going. And I would have been happy to not see Mia Goth anymore in the movie or his silly wife character. It legitimately could have turned into this police investigator who was a great actor also, um, even though he didn't have any room to shine. He was just, like, a, a, a dude. Um... I would have been happy with that movie. But what it turns into is this fictional country, which Brandon Cronenberg has envisioned, is actually extremely conservative and like a human rights atrocity, this country. Again, kind of like Midnight Express, to where like anything you do gets you executed. Like their punishment for like the lowest of crimes is just like execution. But even more like tribal and brutal they have it to where the youngest or the oldest son of the person you've wronged can kill you. So anyway, they come in and they're like, look, your friends have fezzed up Alexander Skarsgård. Your wife, she told us everything that happened. Um, you're you're going to be executed. Uh, sign here. Uh, but we have... As part of our, uh, what do they call it, tourism, 
we have set up in our country a diplomatic agreement that foreigners who commit crimes here, instead of executing them, we create a double with the memories who we then execute <clears throat> for a fee. So you, you have to pay for it um, and you have to watch it. So they then clone him and make him and his wife watch as a kid kills him. But he reacts he positively. He likes it. And so his wife leaves. He pretends to not have his passport. And he stays behind in this country hanging out with Mia Goth and her club of uh, foreigner swingers while they like commit crimes of various levels of like atrociousness and um, with like flagrant disrespect for life and, and property. And um, they keep just doing terrible crimes, getting arrested, and then being executed while watching it for theater and paying the fines. And uh, that's the movie. And there's other weird terribleness, including like Alexander Skarsgar, his friends bribe them to get a double made of him, and then they trick him into beating it up. And then he, that's what freaks him out. Like, just to say, he's watched himself have his throat slit. He's watched himself, like, be murdered multiple times. But then they disguise him like a policeman and have him drunkenly beat himself up. And then they pull the rag off of the double's head. And that is what makes him be like, no, this isn't cool anymore. I'm over this. And it turns into, like, him versus them. And at one point, they have the double naked with a dog collar and there's a scene where like Alexander Skarsgar has to fight himself but it's done pretty poorly where of course it's always framed like awkwardly to never show both of them even though they're wrestling and that's he beats his head to a pulp I mean it, it's here's the thing though and again I know this is an, a, one of the longer episodes but it, it was just such a disappointing movie because it could have been just about as stupid and I would have been like okay whatever like it could have been less approachable like possessor and I would have been like wow kudos to them for staying so vague but instead like 20 minutes in they got my hopes up with this midnight express vibe and this world building of this weird country and then they just made them like run around pointing guns at each other and like Mia Goth is terrible in it. She has this long scene where she's just screaming, screeching in public. The multiple scenes like that where she's like taunting him loudly at full volume from like 50 feet away. It's terrible. Um, the, the hallucination scenes that were like kind of the tent poles of Possessor in this movie, they're like just... Uh, it's like... It's like student filmy. I mean, they're like filming kaleidoscopes and stuff with like naked people wearing masks and like grotesque things happening in between, you know, like quick shots of gross, terrible things. But then I remember saying to Casey, like at one point they stopped. Like, I mean, you were showing a shot every half a second to two seconds. They were like quick, quick, quick shots. And then they hold for like 
a four second shot of all of these like middle-aged and older people naked wearing masks slowly sidestepping in a half circle around you know a kind of an orgy scene but they like everything had been fast-paced in the sequence until that shot which they then like hold on forever and i was like what this is like a laughable terrible shot that shouldn't have made the cut like the only reason I can think that that made the cut is so that the actors didn't feel personally offended by having to have to record it because it never made the cut. What, what, hey, what happened to that shot you made us do where we all stood naked and shimmied around 16 times in those silly masks? I didn't see that in the movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was weird. And um, yeah, just the way that his wife of 10 years is like so ready to just like leave him after he just watched himself get murdered. She at one point turns to him and is like, you didn't even react. You're like a robot, you know? And I said to Casey, like, dude, if you saw me get my throat slit like that, or, my, or the one time a child stabs him in the torso like 50 times, he's literally sitting in a pool of his own blood, and, and then she's like crying and she's mad he did not re- react. And she holds it against him the next day and leaves the country, leaving him behind. I was like, man, wouldn't you... Uh... I, I actually put it the other way. I was like, if that happened to you, I'd be like, oh my God, like, wow, you're tough as nails. <laughs> and she was like, no, if you did that, I'd be like, what's wrong with you? Like, are you okay? That's what I mean. Like, are you okay? Not like, you're a monster, I'm leaving. Because he was literally just volunteering to drive them all home that night. When some idiot walked out into the front of the walked into the front of his Cadillac DeVille. So crazy. Anyway. That's that. Thank you very much. Come again tomorrow. <laughs>